Ali pulled up. everybody this is Dino I got a very special guest today we have Dub with iHeartGeek Show hey how you doing guys good wow <laughs> how you been it's weird being on this end <laughs> yeah uh Dub uh first of all let me come out of the gate I want to thank you uh because you've been we've been corresponding for maybe a little over a year now about there, yeah. And you've been shooting me hints and tips and stuff like that that have steadily helped us get better, and we're continuing to get better quality-wise and content-wise, and I want to thank you for that. Oh, don't mention it. It has been absolutely my – it's been my absolute pleasure to do it. Um I, when I give tips to somebody, it's usually because I think they have a lot of potential. And being the t amount of tips I've given you, I think you have so much potential. I think you guys are awesome. Oh. I, I, I love your guys' show. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let, let's talk about iHeartGeek. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you've been going how long now? Uh, uh, three years now. Okay. Two, we're at 260 some odd episodes. Mm -hmm. um, this we've been just having a blast. Uh, the only people left from the original original cast on the regular is uh, myself and PB and Jason, mm -hmm. and um, we've had a lot of rotating cast. But and not too many people can say this, but we've had probably. 15 to 20 different people that have been regulars on the show and everybody that's left, nobody has any hard feelings. It's just been, you know, time to go and everybody's good with everything. And it's, um, it's been a great building of friendships and right. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Most, most shows can't do that because they get mad and they get hurt. Oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, that hurts my feelings. And uh, no, you know, it's, this is a fun thing that we like to do. Right. So now, our show is a little more off the cuff. Um, uh -huh. We really don't script. We have a general idea of what we may or may not be talking about, providing gotcha. yeah. everything goes well. You know, I, I usually have a plan A, B, C, or D. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that, that would drive me absolutely buggy. <laughs> right. Now, and that's what I'm saying. Your show... Seems like a very well-oiled machine. I'm not saying you're, you know, everything is written out as good, but you know what you're doing as well, far as a layout and a plan every episode. Absolutely. This is I, we spend about an hour per episode. Um, I I write a script or. Uh, Blyze has actually been jumping in a lot more writing scripts. Jason does the occasional one as well. Courtney's done a few. We we don't script what people say, but we definitely have an outline. We're going to go from this topic. We're going to go from this topic. We're going to do a game show here. And now we're going to talk about this. And now we're going to go to our listener feedback. And now we have our uh, our main event. I tr we try to be as topical as possible. We try to make it as different as possible. I would burn out if I had to just go off the cuff all the time. I like to kind of know where I'm going as a mm -hmm. you know roadmap on things. Right. Um, not saying anybody else is doing it wrong, but where we've been pretty successful on the because people, I feel like people like to know what's coming, and you give them kind of we give them. We have a couple things. We have like our Hoobie 2 that comes in and out. We have our game show that comes in and out, our main event. I feel like people really like to know, okay, well, this is coming next. And, well, I'm getting kind of bored with this segment. It's going to switch in a few minutes. Okay, we'll be okay. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how we, how we work our um, recording process. Right. Now, if can you – summarize and i know you guys are a wide variety of topics <laughs> a but little bit in a in a nutshell what is iheart geek 
iHeartGeek is we talk about anything that is geek. Now, you got to think what is the definition of geek? Mm-hmm. A geek is anything that people that people will obsess over. So, right. we have done episodes on mustaches, we've done episodes on different TV shows, comic books, movies, um food, uh clothing. I mean, you name it. Uh we have a one coming up on guns, which I know we're going to upset some people but anything that people obsess about is something that we will talk about so a geek is more of a lifestyle it's more of a it's not you're not born socially awkward you're just you geek out on things right um you know it's the same as people that watch football all the time and have the jerseys and the uh scream at the tv and they have all the memorabilia that's the exact same thing as we do for whatever our obsessions are right so Yes, sports is geek. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's how we work it. And we develop everything as a conversation. If you feel involved in the conversation, we've done our job. Right, and, and you know it's funny what you're saying. You know, sports is geek. You know, I always say that the same people who used to beat on people who <laughs> play D and D are the ones doing fantasy football leagues now. And and fa- and I, I don't care what you say. Fantasy football is way more geek than D and D ever was. Because <laughs> D and D is something people might do once a week. These people obsess about it every day, <laughs> calling each other for trades. And you know, I say, uh, Mister Winchester is really heavy into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get that side of it, but it's it's fun when they realize that they're geek too, and they get upset about it for a minute until they come to grips. Yeah. After they come, after people like that come to grips, usually. They're a lot more open to seeing, you know, what we all love and about all these things that we geek out over. Right. <laughs> cool. Um, now, I know this isn't your your only podcast that you have. You you do have or is I do, that, we, we you have another do, one. I occasionally do that one. I never actually talk about it on iHeartGeek because right. um, we have a very wide range of political beliefs on mm-hmm. on the show. Um so we very we were very very careful. We don't talk politics, we don't talk religion, and we don't cuss. Anything right. else is pretty much mm-hmm. good to go. Um, but I I do have to get my political bug out. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a political independent, so therefore I piss off both sides a lot. Right. So yeah, we do a show um, semi irregularly called uh, Vote Wasted with myself and uh, the voice of iHeartGeek, uh, Todd. Todd Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's kind of like where we came from. You know, I was a, you know, I, I grew up on in New York, uh-huh. but I grew up on Long Island, which tends to be more conservative than the rest of New York. That's why you got the Jewish hat. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and... My mother was um, part of the NRA. Uh, she was a indoor outdoor uh, expert, you know, yeah. shooting. She used to shoot every year at Camp Perry, Ohio, mm-hmm. in the Empire State Games. She shot. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So I I grew up conservative. You know, Charlton Heston is my president. Type of <laughs> thing. Gotcha. Um, so I grew up right of center, uh-huh. and then when I became uh, started going to church in my twenties, I went real right of center, <laughs> and now happened. the pendulum has kind of gone toward the middle. Where I am, I'm realizing that. The Both pool sides is, are wrong. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'm I'm away. I I'm out of the bipartisan thing now. It's uh-huh. it's aggravating me, and it's the crap side of you know the same coin. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, same stink, uh, different toilet. That that's <laughs> well because I can talk about this. I'm going to because this is nice. I can actually get this my is, plug out a little bit. Yep. But the the problem actually with American politics is the far left and the far right have taken over. Yeah. And that is only like five percent of each party. Mm-hmm. And they have they're the only ones with a voice anymore. The middle where everyone actually sits where we can 
find common ground on stuff, they don't get hurt anymore. And that's the problem. Right. I say I, I have no issue with Democrats. I have no issue with Republicans. I have an issue with the far right and the far left. Yes. Which is and that's the where we keep running to for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that is where that was a message that we wanted to bring with Hot Podcast. Yes, we're we're fun. We talk about movies and all that. But let's sit and actually talk and uh-huh. stop disagree, you know, disagree because you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're this or that. In order for me to hear you, I have to understand you. Uh-huh. And we're, we don't even want to listen anymore. We put our fingers no. in our ears and we go, la, 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 because... I have this preconceived notion of what you believe, and you have one that I believe of what I believe, and we don't want to actually find a common ground because we do have it. Well, we have very much as a nation made our political parties into our football teams. Yes. Um, when one one person or the other wins or – Somebody screws up on one side or the other. We won, or you lost, or your side's screwing up. Yeah, it's not a football team. We're all on the same airplane. You know, if the if right. the if the, if the uh, captain crashes, we're all screwed. Yeah, you know, and it's probably better to think about it that way. Yeah, I say, you know, I'm not saying you have to agree with anybody. I'm just saying that you should definitely um, be open to other things. Yeah, you know, that that. That doesn't mean changing your uh, moral beliefs or your um, your deeply held beliefs at all. I'm mm-hmm. saying that you should be able to listen and find common ground because no matter what, 100% of what somebody says, it is statistically impossible for someone to be 100% wrong. Right. It, Correct. In, in a political yeah. basis. Yeah. I mean if you can, if you can admit – to yourself, mm-hmm. okay, 10% of what this person says that I totally disagree with, 10% they're going to have a point. If you can at least open your mind to that, we don't have the issues we're having anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, this is something that – one thing that's helped me kind of see every perspective is about five years ago, I did, you know, I did uh, pest control. For a living, I still do pest control for a living, but I did residential pest control, and in Florida, it was mostly high, uh, high income, upper upper middle class, gated communities, yeah, stuff like that. In Nashville, it was a little mixture of both. I did some in the projects, I did some in the. Uh, in what would be the ghetto. Gotcha. But then I also did some in the higher upper class, you know. Mm-hmm. When I came to South Carolina, it kind of switched where I was doing middle, low class even, lower class, yeah. um, government housing. And I'm, I was seeing that side. Now I don't do residential, and I I work for the state. I work for the state in the prison system. Oh, yikes. You know, and I am inside these institutions every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking with inmates personally, you know, because these guys are are wanting an ear to chew on. Yeah. And I'm hearing their story, which a lot of them are willing to give up, and quite transparently. And when you realize that you're on, you were only a couple of bad decisions away from being where they are, you realize that, you know, mm-hmm. that that that's really where you're, there's the only difference between me and you is I stopped before I got caught. Yeah. Or. I didn't put, I didn't have that one bad day. Yeah. Or, and it really puts you in perspective to look at anyone else's story and try mm-hmm. to see their side. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, uh, an example that I use is, is a cylinder. 
You look at a yeah. cylinder, and if you're looking at it through a two-dimensional fold, it could be a circle or it could be a square. Yeah. But you're, but you're wrong either way because you're not yeah. seeing the full picture. Well, see, uh, this is that this is actually why I love comic books. This mm-hmm. is this you have just hit the nail on the head. The especially the more recent ones, say 1990 on, it's mm-hmm. not so much good guy, bad guy. It's a lot of shades of gray. Right. And you know, I mean, the Joker had the very famous line that you said. You know, everybody's just one bad day from becoming me. Right. You know, in the Killing Joke, which was fantastic story Mm -hmm. but that's that's why i love comics because it does make you look at both sides yeah you know because between the batman and the joker there's one difference between them yeah you know i mean Mm -hmm. there's one day in between them yeah so i that i I think that's an interesting perspective to take on it all Mm -hmm. so and you know that was actually where i jumped on with your show Mm -hmm. is um I think it was when you did the psychology of Batman. Okay, yeah. Episode. And I think that was I a, love those episodes. The those first so one fun. I heard and I said, Man, this is a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Being yeah, we a, definitely put some work yeah. into those. Yeah. Yeah, because I I do love, you know, Batman is, you know That's your guy? That's my guy. Um and Rorschach too, which is kind of Batman without the moral dilemma. It's, yeah, it's the it's, it's Batman taken to his logical end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay. Nope, just hit a wall. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> where um. So how did we really connect? I mean, um, honestly, you um, I think I did a listener question or something on. Twitter mm-hmm. and you responded and then um, usually when somebody responds with with a show I'll try to listen to their show if they respond twice I will definitely listen to their show um, and then I just kinda, I liked your content uh. and I just started working from there and I'm like okay this is cool and then we I think I texted you back and you were having some problems with something I don't remember what it was and I gave you a quick fix and you listened to me so I'm like okay let's talk you know, yeah. Because I was sometimes you'll you'll give advice to people, and you know they don't have to take it by any stretch of the imagination. I've just been doing this for a, a long time, so I try to help out people that I think are would, would appreciate the help. Yeah. You 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 took the help, and um, yeah, it's just we've just been talking ever since. You know, you've you given me feedback on our show. I've given you back on yours. It's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know that that's kind of how what's it's it's been a really interesting relationship i like having shows that you know i can we can kind of you know we're not doing the same thing by any stretch of the imagination but there's and there's some crossover with our audience but it's almost like it's a um a partnership in some points you know right yeah and you know and that was the thing is you know i listen to a bunch of different shows that kind of wade in the same pool but are so different from each other Mm -hmm. and that helped me, you know, I, I draw, you know, inspiration from those shows, you know, like, you know, for what, you know, we, we do do listener questions Mm -hmm. and that was something that you guys have done. So I'm like, okay, let me try to do it now. I'm like, okay, am I treading, you know, in your territory? well, yeah. what 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 I respected a lot about that, and that you know, I talk talk to everybody on my show about that. I'm like, I never minded. Well, for one thing, we don't have a huge crossover, and we have some people that cross over. But the fact that you asked me about it, you're like, is this okay? I'm not trying to. Say, I'm like, and that you had my ultimate respect from that. I'm like, no, yeah, you can do whatever it. you want at that point. You know, yeah. you're not you're not directly stealing anything. I mean, it's a listener feedback. That's but you did say something to me and not tried to like hide it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's 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 the little stuff that people appreciate. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, and like you said, you know, we do have uh, you know common. We have, we have some common people. Tyler Spence is a big one. Yeah, or you know, Romaine. I'm sorry, Tyler Romaine, Romaine. Yeah, and you know, he he's. I've known him forever. We were you know we're personal yeah. friends. You know, um, we went to his wedding. <laughs> you know. Right on. <laughs> so him, Kevin McAleer is another one that we're yeah. common 
friends yeah, with. And there's been a couple of our people I know that have jumped yeah. over to your show. And it, it, that's yeah. what's good about the podcasting industry. It's You're not so much listening to a show. You're almost building a relationship with people that you're listening to. Yeah. Because as I say, if it's a conversation, people feel like they're involved. And that's really the beauty of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yep. I mean, because it was like my... I was saying on your show, you know, I started off with me, my friend Andrew and I, and when we were 18, 19 years old, our dream was to have a radio show together. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, you know, because growing up in New York and everything, you know, we wanted to be the Howard Stern, but not Howard Stern, you know? Yeah. Have our own thing, and you know, have, you know, and of course, grow, uh, growing up watching, you know, pump up the volume and stuff like that. You know, we all uh-huh. wanted to be the pirate radio guy, you know. Uh-huh. And the fact that technology now has kind of caught up with our dreams, yeah, is a great thing. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. well, see, you know? no, me, me and my buddy Dan in high school called him Dweezil because he looked like Dweezil Zappa. Not important to the story. Anyway, (laughs) we watched Pump Up the Volume, and that inspired us so much that we started making pirate radio radio tapes. Uh, We'd we'd fill up a tape, you know, copy it like 20 times, and just hand them out. That was was my start into podcasting, you know, because that technology – you do – you're good at this if you have a passion for it. Right. You know, if you don't have a passion for it, it's going to suck. Yep. And, and, you know, that's the thing. I may not be the most technically savvy person in the world. You're getting better, though. But when, <laughs> you know, those are all things that are a learning curve and uh-huh. you can, you know, get better at that, even speaking. You know, yeah. It takes me a while to edit down a podcast sometimes because I do, hum and ha, because my mental traffic runs a whole lot quicker than my mouth. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> and then when you have allergies and you're taking a while editing out coughs, you know, but that's yeah. all technical stuff. When you've got a passion and you can go on and on and on and talk on a subject for an hour or yeah. two or whatever, that's where the flow comes from. Oh, absolutely. You know? Um I, I Heart Geek would not have been I Heart Geek if I hadn't have had five podcasts before it where I learned everything. Right. You know, we got to jump in on the deep end because I, we had a lot of experience. And the only way you get better is the experience. Right. You know, just doing it. Um, I used to tell people, I won't listen to your show until you have out at least 10 episodes. Oh, wow. Because people get bored. Yeah. And then they stop doing it. And I'm like, I'm not going to invest in a show that's going to stop doing them. But I say, I'll tell people, if you do 10 episodes, I will go back and I'll listen to everything. But do 10 episodes first. Right. Yeah. You know? Just because the experience level and by the time you hit, 10 episodes, you know if you want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. By the time people hit five, 90% of people will quit doing their show yeah. because it's, it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy thing to do. It's, um, it's fun. Yes. And you know, you develop a love for it more, more and more as you go, but it's work. You know, I, every hour long episode, me, me and you both are probably putting in at least two hours per episode right. minimum. Yeah. Um, just because it is work and you want to put out a great product, mm-hmm. but you also want to have your personality in it. So it's a fine line. We all get to walk doing these podcasts. Now of your podcast, did you always have a podcasting partner or a I partner? always have, I hate talking to myself. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> you'll see the, you'll, you'll, whenever you see us doing our quarantine survival geek videos mm-hmm. uh i a i hate being on video with a passion <laughs> but i do it for the show i will do just about anything for the show um but i'm not comfortable i have to have somebody to bounce off of yeah i found that everybody will find a role really fast on on any show that you do mm-hmm. my role is usually that and this is this started way back in 19 or in 2000 and Five, when I did a hockey podcast, um, I took on the role as moderator. Um, basically, I don't have to be interesting, but I have I have to keep a show moving. I know when to change the subject. I have to know when someone's talking too long and how to stop them without mm-hmm. you know it it seeming like I'm trying to. Right. Um, and that's always been my role. I am a moderator. That's so I like having two to three people with me at all times so that I can just really um, direct traffic. 
you know, I can I can say interesting things. I'm but I have very interesting people with me that I can really learn how to focus it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's usually the guy that cracks jokes. Great in horrible all by himself because he laughs himself out usually. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, you might have two good jokes throughout the show. You have 50 good jokes, but you can, if you're just by yourself, you have maybe two jokes. Right. And then you have the information guy who is great. You need them on the show, but they're boring as heck if they're all by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everybody yeah. has a role. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you do a moderator role a lot with, mm-hmm. with you and Michelle, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but you could, you're also, uh, you also have, you step into the research role and you step into the funny guy role sometimes. Yeah. So See, yeah. See, Michelle is a lot better at the research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's the one that will. You know, like I said, a lot of what we talk about with Michelle is, you know, interactions she'll have on social media. Yeah. And she is a lot better at navigating those waters than I am. Yeah. Because I get frustrated quickly with mm. other people, especially online. Oh, yeah. Because I would rather people have the, people a conversation with you. online. Yeah, yeah. I can't do nonverbal communication with somebody if we're disagreeing because there's so much that you'll miss. If I don't type a question mark, all of a sudden it seems like I'm making an accusatory statement Mm -hmm. as opposed to asking a question. Well, yeah. Emotional instead of logical. Yeah. So I tend to bow out of those real Mm -hmm. quickly where Michelle has that patience and Uh she can translate that. But as far as when we get into talking about the movies and the rabbit trails that an actor will go in, will Mm -hmm. go down, I can do that because I've been studying film since I was, you know, four years old. Mm -hmm. You know, so we do, we set up our podcast so that we each have our time to kind of shine. Yeah. In there. And I noticed with your podcast too, no matter who, your co-hosts are, they all do have their their role in their play. Uh-huh. Well, and, and I try to give everybody a spot to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise, why are you going to waste your time doing it all the time if you're just going to be kind of the guy in the background that says some stuff but nobody remembers you? Right. You know, everybody wants that. If everybody gets a point to shine per episode, I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Right, and when you have a revolving, you know, cast, yeah, cast like you do, you know, everyone does. Like I've, you know, and you've joked about this. You know, Blize is kind of tagged in as a curmudgeon. Yeah, when, when but Jason's, Jason's not, there. not yeah. around. <laughs> well, it's I. I think it's like human psychology. Everybody knows what the show's supposed to do, and if someone's not filling the role, someone just without intentionally it happening. It just naturally people just fill in the other roles because they know what the show's supposed to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So um, kind of off the subject, but I hinted sure. at this on our episode because this is something I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, and I know you're asking me the questions, but I want to ask you the question on this because this is your show and I really want to hear about this. Um, you guys are definitely faith-based. Mm-hmm. You also have – a huge pr- proclivity towards um, horror movies. Yes. Uh, not just horror movies, but like gross <laughs> horror movies. Oh, yes. So how do you, um, you know, how do you justify that? And I'd say this isn't me. Uh, how, how do I navigate and how do I. Exactly. How, how, how do you right. walk both lines? How do I that? reconcile the being. The church isn't too happy with that, I'm sure. <laughs> In general, religious wise, wouldn't mm-hmm. like the horror movie side. So I'm just right. kind of. I'd like to know your take on that and how that all works with you. And, you know, it's not something that I hide from church or mm-hmm. anybody, you know. However, ironically, it, it's weird that, you know, both sides will kind of give me a weird glance yeah. because I also associate with horror people. And horror mm-hmm. creators and other horror podcasters, 
you know, I, I have a lot of great communication with them as yeah. well. And they will look at me and go, but you're a Christian. Huh? Yeah. You know, which is another reason. There you go. Excuse me. The way we, the way I justify it is, of all the genre of, of films, comedies, drama, suspense, horror, on the most part, is the one that is the quickest to make a clear delineation between good and evil. Fair enough, yeah. There's always that moral ambiguity, especially when you're dealing something with romantic comedies or dramas. You know, there's always, oh, you know, Christians have no problem watching a romantic comedy where people are shacking up and doing whatever or, you know, dramas where people are doing each other dirty. We don't have a problem with Christians watching those. I'm saying the church does. Mm-hmm. You know, however, if it's horror, oh my gosh, it's that, that's you know terrible. Yeah. And my thing is, I have gleaned, watched The Exorcist. You know, the power mm-hmm. of Christ compels you. There, there's no moral ambiguity between who is bad and who is good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now this has kind of become a trope and it is honestly an unfair one. Slashers always punish the, you know, the sexual, you know, the sexual people. Or it's always a virgin that, it's really not true. And I'll go to the mat on this. Because Halloween is the one that people normally pick on and go, well, you know, Lori wasn't, yeah. She was smoking pot. She wasn't. She wasn't goody goody. Yeah. She had the hots for Ben Trainer. Mm-hmm. She just didn't have the opportunity yet. So, I think Scream really took that trope and elevated it to put it in your face. Yeah. Right. So then people I love those, by the way. take it and run with it. And I have no problem with Scream. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But I am able to glean moral lessons from horror movies, especially when you get into the supernatural ones. Mm-hmm. Um, with my kids, you know, we we don't throw them in, you know, and and have them watch the most, you know, bloody, disgusting things, yeah. you know, right off the bat. I take each kid as an individual if they want to. My my middle child, Nico, really wants nothing to do with anything horror. So I'm not going to sit her in front like uh, Clockwork Orange and make her watch oh, it. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'm not going to be like, here's your eye clamps, you know, watch this movie. You know, Killian loved zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Because when he was growing up, Everything was zombie. Cartoons were doing zombie. You know, even Disney things were doing zombie. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, we started him off on something like Night of Living Dead, which was, for that time, it was shocking back in 68. But mm-hmm. now it's black and white. It's not up in your face. Yeah. You know, so I can show that to him and... But if he watched a cartoon about someone turning into a werewolf, he would freak out. Or even the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Like, even in the Avengers, when Banner turned to Hulk, he ran out of the room. That was his sensitivity. Okay, I get it. I was definitely afraid of dolls growing up. And I still... Twilight Zone. Yeah, even <laughs> yeah, Talkie Tina freaking threw me into oh, a hissy. <laughs> I that one so you know? much, still freaks me out. Right. <laughs> so I I do take everybody. Everyone has their line, and everyone has mm-hmm. their limit. 
So we introduce them accordingly. And if they're not into it, great. I'm not forcing anybody into anything. On there. Well, unless it's comic books, then you have to force them into it. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Killian wouldn't watch comic, wouldn't read comic books. Mm-hmm. It, the panel's confused him for a while. He's like, I don't know how to... But he would go and read Hunger Games and have no yeah. problem. And this was at seven years old. Okay, but yeah. you don't you can't read a comic book? No, I, I okay. Well, to be fair, now, <laughs> I mean, back when we were growing up, comics were very much one panel next panel, one panel next panel. Yeah. And nowadays because they're, they're they keep shooting for an older audience, they don't make comics for kids anymore and no. that's something that breaks my heart with the industry. Mm-hmm. But the panels are all over the place. You have to find an illogical way to read it and then you figure it out. And that's not really fair to kids. Right. However, I will say this. Um, since I went digital on all my comics now, um, you you do the guided reading and it goes right to the next panel. So it does – that takes all that guesswork out. Right. I mean even like me – I mean my favorite comic book ever is called The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. You have to really be on your toes to read it. Now, however, if you take the uh, – if you read it on the – with the – digital it goes from panel to panel there isn't that guesswork anymore and it makes it a lot more enjoyable of a read honestly right. the comic book writers tried to get too clever with that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm so smart you know? yeah so i don't know if i answered your question i know i went through a rabbit trail or two um oh, that, no you got it yeah but yeah like i said you know both sides kind of look at me going well you're a christian how you know, but yet you love horror. How can you be a Christian? And then there are some in the go, well, how do you watch horror? Well, I also have tattoos too. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of people that will question me about the the horror aspect also come on on me about that too. Yeah, and then I can resort to going, well, have you read your Bible also? Because there are some pretty horrific things in there if you want to take it out of context. Mm-hmm. Well, Clockwork Orange has some pretty good uh, examples of that, actually. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, but, you know, I mean, going back to the whole thing is if you don't have an issue with something and you don't feel convicted about it, whose job is it to tell you that you're wrong on it? Exactly. You know, I don't. I don't believe in religion per se. I believe in a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of churches will say that until it doesn't back them up on some stuff. Right. But, you know, it's, you know, if you read your Bible, that is your relationship with God. It, you know, that's God's job to figure out if, oh, well, there's this something about this doesn't make me feel right. Maybe I need to examine that. Right. Or, you know, I feel like this is okay. You know, I'm gleaning something from it. Okay. Exactly. You know, that's, and that's the difference between a dogma and a preset set of rules mm-hmm. and a logos, um, you know, law, the law is the law is the law. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know if, you, if you want to go into the Greek, you know, it's the difference between a rhema relationship with God, which would be a God breathed. Yeah. And a logos, which is just the actual written word. There's no life in the written word. Right. You know, and that's – we can't live that way anymore in our society and everything else. It has to be inspired. It can't be right. uh, just the written, why am I doing this? Because God is watching and I will be a bad – I'll go to hell if I'm not – if I don't do it right. That's the wrong reason to do anything. Exactly. You know? Exactly. What always scares me is the – what always scares me is the people that say um, – you know, I'm glad I I'm glad I have religion because if I did not kill somebody, then you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing, there's no difference in that. That is not, that's not a relationship. That is, you're a psychopath. Yeah, you know, I wish people would stop saying that. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And wow, we we rabbit trailed that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> and yeah. you know, if if you go back, we did an episode on frailty. Mm-hmm. And if you can't glean, 
you know, a spiritual conversation from that movie, then I think your antenna is a little bit off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. For I haven't seen it. No, um, I would recommend it. It's not gory at all. I don't think there's any. Um, there's no language in the movie. It is implied content, and it's uh, Bill Paxton. He directed mm-hmm. it, matter of fact, and it's a, he's a single father with two two boys, and he gets a message from an angel. Mm-hmm. about he and his sons are supposed to kill demons. And it's what happens in that. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is in it also. All right, all right, all right. I don't. Sorry, I can't help <laughs> No. <laughs> you know, he has that one, he has, what is it, Chrysler he's doing a commercial for? Uh, I think Matthew those, McConaughey. Yeah. Buick, I think. And it, I don't know. It, it is a impulse in me that whenever I see him, to go, all right, all right. And I have to fight myself back every you know what single I like time. I high school girls getting older, and they keep saying the same age. image. Oh, that movie. Wow. Oh, I could do a show on that movie. I, I apologize, Rabbit Trail. But, you know, we we did a full episode on that. You know, and, it, and it's not just horror. It's The Breakfast Club. We did a full episode on The Breakfast Club and the dynamic between all the characters there. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, we did an episode on The Breakfast Club and one of the people uh, that listen to our podcast who has another podcast, Father and Son Watch Horror Movies, Mm -hmm. Pastor Matt, he and his son, he's a pastor, he and his son sit and watch horror movies. And talk about him. He did a full sermon using Breakfast Club. Nice. Um, when Michelle and I were youth leaders in church back in Tennessee, we wrote a sermon and gave it to our youth pastor. And he used it. You know, movies preach. They are modern parables. They absolutely are. Well, the, the what the good not, ones are anyway. Yeah, yeah. Some are just trash, but you know, why but those not? Are fun to talk about too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think it's on brand. You know, it keeps us going. It gives us content. And if I'm just bringing up a film for the, you know, yeah, I'll bring up a film for the sake of talking about a movie. You know. Mm-hmm. I love a movie about a tire that rides around and telekinetically blows up people's heads. (laughs) Am I able to glean truth from it? Well, if I look hard enough, probably. (laughs) But I'd be really reaching to do it. But, hey, I'm I'm up for the challenge, too. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Before we close up, I have one question for you, and I want to answer this, too. What is your favorite horrible movie ever? Favorite horrible movie? Yes, not horror, horror. horrible. <sighs> wow. Mm, there's been so many. Um, this sounds like a great topic for any show, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, see, that's the thing. Like the one about the tire, there's aspects of it that are very well made. Yeah. So I don't – that horrible thing is – Subjective there. Well, people go, oh, yeah. it's good. well. I don't know. I can glean quality from it too. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, wow. And a lot of the movies I watch that are bad, or mm-hmm. if they intend to be bad, if they're intent. I like the ones that are intending. Then they're good at doing that bad. That's what makes it enjoyable. So it's a horrible movie that you enjoy. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, maybe. That's definitely up there. Yeah, (laughs) one and two, by the way. Yeah. George Clooney on the second one. Yeah. Didn't know if you knew that one. Yeah, yeah. But the humor in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was very brilliant. Zucker Brothers before Airplane. Oh, yeah. Without going overboard. Right. You know, they they knew where that line was and they never crossed it. 
Yeah. It was more like Airplane Zucker Brothers more than it was Scary Movie 3 Zucker Brothers, where yeah. it was, you know, or there. not another blah, blah, blah movie, you yeah. know, epic movie or the ones that were just really got way too wink, wink, nod, nod. Here's what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, now, I, the one that I'm going to mention – um, the man who killed Hitler and then oh. later killed Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sincerity of Sam Elliott in that role. Yes. It, you would think he was going for an Oscar in that role. He was just on point, and that's what made it so good. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but mm-hmm. he was so sincere in it. Yeah. And that's what made me love that movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I do recommend that to all your listeners. Yeah. I think it's on Amazon Prime free. Um, and Sam Elliott in anything is great. Yeah. Probably one of the coolest voices in Hollywood. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, check that one out. The man who killed Hitler and then and later then, killed Bigfoot. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I, think, I figured he had. Velocipaster, I think, was trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they, they knew what they were. Yeah. And they didn't try to hide it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, th- if If... Like I said, the Sam Elliott thing, I felt like, well, he was trying to hide that it was a bad movie. And that's what made it great. Mm-hmm. Pastor, they knew it was bad, and they didn't try to hide it at all. Yeah. There Does is one, sense? and I think it's on Amazon Prime, called There's Nothing Out There. Mm-hmm. And I think Troma might have released it now. Like uh-huh. distributed it, but they didn't make it, and it was meta. It was about eighty eight or eighty nine, I think. Yeah. So it was meta horror before Scream made meta horror a thing. Oh, right on. And because it made fun of horror tropes and movies. I mean, there's one part where this guy is trying to escape, and a boom mic drops into the frame oh, that looks like it is so unintentional. But yet he takes the boom mic and swings on it like Tarzan to get over something. And it was like, wait a second. Right into the plot. They knew what they were doing at that point, you know. And that one, at that point, the movie had grabbed me. I was lost for about an hour of the movie going, yeah, why am I continuing to watch that? As soon as they did that joke, the first hour filling a perspective for me. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Fair enough. Now I can go back and retroactively see what they were doing, and it paid off. <laughs> nice. So that would be one, definitely. Awesome. Um, now, let me give you an opportunity. What are, are there any other podcasts that you like or listen to that people aren't aware of that you'd like to huh. talk about? Well, let me look actually in my podcast list here. I said I don't, I don't ever uh, uh, promote po- political ones because honestly, right. you're gonna like it or you're not. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna like it. One I really like. It's called Office Ladies. Oh I'm a yeah, huge fan, huge fan of The Office. Yeah, and um, Jenna Fisher, Jenna and, Fisher, and Angela, whatever. Uh, Kinsey, yeah, I was yeah, they, too. So, so good. Um, uh, let me see. I like the Jericho podcast if you like wrestling stuff okay. or if you like heavy metal. They're they're really good ones. Um, let's see. I, I'm really into the Star Talk. Mm-hmm. I say that's not something that needs my promotion because they have a million. <laughs> right. Um, the podcast of Oa. These uh, We've done a couple of podcasts together. If you're into the Green Lantern at all. He, he is probably um, – writers will actually go to him to ask if their continuity works. Oh, wow. You know, and he's just a guy that just – he write, he did the um, – what was it? Oh, uh, he, had, he had a website which was like the definitive every single Green Lantern ever, everything. Um, Myron Rumsfeld, really, really nice guy. Um that that would, that would be ones that I would suggest. I like a lot of the history ones, myths and legends, um, Viking Age podcast. But yeah, that's the, the, that's the big ones that I'm into anymore. Huh. Oh, and the Ha huh podcast. I'd, huh. I'd recommend that. Thank one. you, thank you. 
but they're listening to it already. So I didn't figure I had to mention that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. And you drop it every week or we drop, we drop a minimum of one a week, mm-hmm. usually on Tuesdays. Right. Um, during this quarantine, we're trying to put out a video every day. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of working on the logistics on it, but um, and those are probably going to drop down after the quarantine to probably three days a week. Um, we're trying to get more and more into the YouTube side of it all. Yeah. Cause that's easier to monetize. It's just more of a pain in the butt. Cause I hate my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have, I have a face for radio. So <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. That's why I have the beard. <laughs> uh, okay. And yeah. Um, let, let everybody know where they can find you and the, YouTube, iHeart, okay, go to um, YouTube.com slash um, iHeartGeek. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to our website, www.iHeartGeekShow.com. Use the com. We paid extra for it. That's a habit. I can't help not doing it. <laughs> um, we're on the Twitter at iHeartGeek. We're on the Facebook. Uh, join the group. Have fun. Um, say it, it's a, it's a as, as much as I hate to say it, it's a safe place. Um Whatever you geek out about, where no one's going to criticize you. Uh, we we're, we don't. Well, you got that wrong. You know, we don't do that at all. We don't stand for it because it's stupid. Even uh, if you like the Aladdin remake, I'll let you in. <laughs> now, pineapple on pizza—that's another thing altogether. But, but no, honestly, if you like it and you can come up with a discussion on why, people will talk about it with you. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm really loving about our Facebook group. It's really turned into a great community. Um, yeah, we have a couple thousand people in it, and they're everybody's mostly pretty good. You know, it's yeah. a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, that's where you find us. Yeah. Oh Man. yeah, and if you get really bored, you can go to what is it? Twitter at Comic Not Geek. But I almost never part. Uh, never do anything <laughs> there. But that's me. If you want to get hold of just me. Oh, okay. Great. All right. Dub, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, everything that you've done to help us out, all the tips. and I have really but, enjoyed it, and it is an honor to help you out, buddy. Yep, and you know I'll be reaching be out to you. sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way bigger than us. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you very much for sticking around, and we will see you next time. You know what we like to say. Be decent to each other. Peace.